You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bustin' Bust Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. Toby Altizer, Grant Paulson here with you. Bust Loose Baseball, episode 97. We'll start with a big announcement, Grant. A lot to be excited about. Spring training underway. Beautiful weather down in West Palm Beach. And we're going to be in West Palm Beach not that long from now. So make sure you keep it tuned right here to Bust Loose Baseball. We'll get you plenty of new content from down at spring training. Grant, cannot wait to be in West Palm to check out the Nats. Yeah, lengthy trip for us, too. Better part of a week we'll be down there. We're going to get a lot of interviews for the pod. People will be hearing from many of the prospects and the players that we talk so much about throughout the baseball season. So uh, this is a really cool opportunity for Bustin' Loose Baseball. We're fired up. The Nats are going to uh, help us make the most of our trip. But we're going down there this weekend and coming back late next week. And uh, we're going to have live pods while we're down there. we got an Airbnb spot, so we'll be able to post. Uh, I think we should do at least two, probably, just to really kick off the season. Maybe even three pods next week. Bang out uh, something, you know, 30, 40 minutes each night or something while we're down there. But uh, make sure that you've got Bustin' Loose Baseball in your feed. You subscribe. Uh, please rate and review. Obviously, we read all the comments you guys leave. But this, to me now, you know, we've kind of been sparingly dropping them throughout the offseason as something happens. I think this coming week with us going to spring training really kicks off our Nats coverage steadily multiple times a week at, at minimum for the, the rest of the season. So we're excited, man. And I uh, am fired up. If you need help packing, let me know. I, I can help fold your clothes <laughs> and get your toiletries in a little baggie for you. But let's rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. And if you see us down there in West Palm, come up and say hi. We're excited to be down there. And it's a great time to get started, Grant, because you know, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. James Wood in three games has an RBI in all three, two homers in his first two games. Brady House had a two RBI single. And it's crazy because, you know, you see the regulars in there and it's it's fun to watch Nationals baseball again and you're excited about it. But all the focus is on the young kids. And, you know, I, I think it's a little ironic that that first game against the Astros, the regulars are out there and it was kind of like, blah, 
blah, blah. Even though it's the first spring training game, it's like, eh. And then the young kids got in there, and there was excitement. James Wood hitting the ball a mile. So a lot of excitement about this team and a lot of excitement about the young kids, and they're showing out in spring training thus far, and it's a, it's an encouraging sign. Yeah, James Wood has two of the three home runs the Nats have hit in just his six at-bats. But you're right, you know, having played in three games, RBI knocks in all three uh, was back-to-back. -back. First pitch he saw, matter of fact, at spring training, he hit over the berm in right field, was just a bomb. And then the following day in his second at-bat, left on left on Sunday, pretty incredible. Uh, he fell behind 0-2, kind of worked the count. And uh, got, you know, to a, a point where he had spit on a pitch uh, sweeper in the dirt. And he swung through a slider and then eventually hit that pitch over the fence. But again, left on left, dead center field, ultra impressive at bat. Um, he's also had other good ABs that didn't result in home runs, but he's three for his first six. One of the things I'm also encouraged by, and it's very, very early, small sample, but no strikeouts for James Wood. You know, my my biggest storyline for him, I know he's got pop like Orville Redenbacher. I know the guy's going to hit bombs. I know he can run. But, I mean, th this guy, you know, last year, the, the one concern was his strikeout rate climbed, right? And he got to a point where he was striking out about 37% of the time, which is pretty alarming. You know, there, there was some swing adjustments needed going into the offseason. He worked his butt off. Uh, I've been told from a bunch of different sources that, you know, he grinded, tweaked the swing, that it is going to look good, different this year, and and you've already seen that. So no strikeouts to this point. You know, a big, big deal. And the last thing I want to say about James Wood, just showcasing his skills in these first few games, uh, something I've loved. The sprint speed for James Wood already on display. Uh, if you look at baseball savant last year, Corbin Carroll averaged 4.8 seconds uh, from home to first on plays where he was actually trying to beat a play out, which was the second fastest average speed in the sport, 4.08. James Wood was clocked at 4.07 seconds going from home to first. So essentially right there with Carroll, who flies as the second fastest guy in the big leagues, and, and James Wood, 6'6", 235, with 40 home run power. So it really is a special skill set. It's exciting, and it's a hell of a way to start the spring for him. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that most impressed me was we talked about the strikeout rate, and we've seen him a couple times in person, and it felt like he had a good approach at the plate. And sometimes he was taking pitches that maybe he could do some damage with early in the count, kind of working counts and doing a good job of of being disciplined at the plate. But I wanted to see him be a bit more aggressive. And first pitch he saw this spring, he sent over the right field wall for a dinger. So I like to see a little more aggressiveness at the plate from him, just because I think, you know, when you have those long levers, when you have as big a strike zone as he does being a big guy, you know, sometimes you can have bad calls or it's just such a big strike zone to have to defend where if you get a good pitch, you know, first pitch, Swing at it, you know, if you feel like you could do damage. So I like that fact you bring up no strikeouts. That's obviously incredibly encouraging. And I think you can see, I mean, even people around baseball are getting pretty hyped around about this guy. Just seeing different people tweet about him and seeing Padres fans even tweet like, man, <laughs> this guy was in our organization and now he's with the Nats. So a lot to be excited about with James Wood. Some of the other guys, Dylan Cruz hasn't necessarily stood out too, too much when he's been in games. We can talk a bit about Cruz if you want, but I want to get to Brady House. He's appeared in a couple of games, but in the last game, he had a two RBI single. This is a guy I think isn't quite as close as Wood or as Cruz to the big leagues, 
But seeing this guy at big league camp, rubbing elbows with these guys, I think it's really important because he's a young guy. He's still really young, drafted out of high school. And obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how high I am on Brady House. But having him at big league camp, having him kind of go through these things and, you know, at least be productive in the couple of at-bats he's gotten so far, I think is really encouraging for Brady House. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Look, you've been high on him, as have most, but I think you've kind of highlighted him as maybe the guy you're most excited about. He's won for his first six. You mentioned he's played in a couple of games. Um, the big two-run knock was a big deal. But again, balls in play. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to overvalue early season spring production. I don't want to be a buzzkill either, right? But, you know, you're facing at times guys that aren't going to be on big league rosters. But I think you got to also note that in the case of James Wood, did you know, or, or – uh, Brady House, some of these guys. It's not like they've been in the big leagues, right? I mean, they were mostly in double A. I mean, at one point last year, Brady House was playing, you know, at the A-plus level. So even if it's guys that have had very little big league success, got rocked in the upper minors or whatever, they're still leveling up and, and having good ABs. Uh, I'm looking at exit velocities, process, those types of things, pitches in and at bat. You know, are, are you being overmatched? Um, and, and that hasn't been the case. Same with uh, Dylan Cruz, right? Cruz hit a ball 105 miles an hour off the bat the other day. Had nothing to show for it. He's over his first three, but he's drawn a couple walks to cancel out the two strikeouts in his two games. So, you know, everyone's not going to do the James Wood bit, right? Where you you homer in game one, you homer in game two, you drive in another couple, uh, you know, another RBI knock in game three. But uh, are you having good ABs? Are you putting the barrel to the ball? Or is the exit velocity uh encouraging you know when you hit a ball 105 off the bat if you're cruise and you sting it into the outfield tells me you're on it that the timing's there so uh very very encouraging for those guys and, and really kind of across the board with some of the young prospects um how about robert hassels you know three for five to start the spring with a home run i mean what a, what an encouraging sign toby it was to see hassel hit a home run period you know after last year where the power was sapped yeah, I mean, the thing with Hassel is, like, we've talked about him plenty, so we don't need to dive deep into it, but this is a safe guy, and all of a sudden he struggled, and it looks like he's maybe finding some of that. I mean, we talked briefly about the injury and how it might be affecting him last year, but who knows? Maybe it was something that just really zapped some of that power, zapped some of his ability to spray the ball all over the field, and seeing him come out and be able to do that, and he's not just hitting little dinkers, right, Grant? Like, it's not like it's little bloop singles over the shortstop's head going the other way. Like, he's driving the ball all over the ballpark. So, again, don't want to take too, too much away from just a couple game sample size, but this is also something that it felt like we didn't see a whole lot of, especially at this sort of level, right? It's not like he's always facing major league arms, but either way, this is a guy that you have high hopes for, at least just to be a big part of your organization. And he kind of was disappointing last year. He looks like he's bouncing back in a real way. So it's nice to see that. It's a, I'd rather see him go three for five than 0 for five, right? So I'm excited to see what he can do because if he can come back and be you know, the guy that you expected, even if it's not an all-star level or, you know, MVP level, just being a solid role player, the Nats have a couple of good outfielders and crews and wood that you think can be all-star, maybe even MVP caliber players. You don't necessarily need another difference maker, but having a solid guy like Hassel that can play all over the outfield, I think just kind of boosts all the, the the rebuild there because, I mean, we forget about Elijah Green. I think there's a lot to be excited about what we've seen early on, and Robert Hassel, outside of James Wood, has probably been the most impressive guy. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, to your point, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to like start throwing parties, but look, this is going to go one way or the other, theoretically. Like you're going to look like you did last year. Or you're going to look like you're you're producing and, and off to a quick start. So this is all good news. You know, even guys that I don't think uh, Nassim Nunez hits at all. I don't think that guy can hit really, but he's looked sterling defensively. And and they brought him over now, and I think he'll be in the big leagues helping out with the gloves. So, yeah, all the way around, I'd say it's been mostly really encouraging. Uh, we'll get to the pitching in a second. One thing I did want to point out is uh, Houston, we've got a bit of a developing issue here with Kbert Ruiz. Um, three catcher interference calls against him as he's moved up closer to home plate to help him as a receiver. Uh, they're doing a lot of smart things. You know, I've kind of thought they're catching instruction on the outside looking in the last few years was a bit antiquated, you know, and that Ruiz wasn't down on one knee, which is kind of the way that catching is now done uh, professionally. And it helps you with framing and things. Um, they're starting to do that. They're, they're getting him to a point where I think they're, they're being smart. The problem is that as he's moved up closer to the plate, he's continually now getting in the way of the swing path. So they're going to have to recalibrate that a little bit. But that's what spring training is all about, you know. Happened two times, I think, in game one. It happened another time yesterday. So they're just going to iron that uh, out to make sure that this isn't a, a factor when the season starts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and I'm glad that you pointed that out because last year he was atrocious behind the plate. And so if he were just going to go back out there and you're not seeing him change anything, I think that'd be alarming. Just looking at some of the stats from Baseball Savant, his fielding run value last year was in the first percentile. His blocks above average was the sixth percentile. Caught stealing above average, first percentile. Framing, third percentile. Pop time, fourth percentile. So if you were to just go out there and not change a single thing, then that'd be alarming because you were arguably the worst defensive catcher in baseball. Well, so at least they're say, trying just, something. Just to be clear, Toby, for people that you know don't have kids and haven't gone to the doctor's appointment where you find out what percentile their height is and everything... You want to be in the 100th percentile. Yes. Not the first. Yeah. Like, first percentile means 99% of the players are better than you at something. When you're in the 100th percentile, that's a good thing. Like, those numbers you just gave were outrageously bad. So, to me, this is the whole ball game for him this year. Like, what is he long-term? As a catcher, defensively, can he get better? And I think that the what they're now doing with him, like, Get on a knee, help yourself out, get closer to the plate. They're making changes, so that's really healthy and good. I think that's like encouraging to me. Uh, but th these are part of the growing pains, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're trying something. It seems like they're emphasizing framing because that would be the reason to get down on the one knee. That's not going to help you throw runners out. Because to me, if you're a catcher, obviously last year was atrocious. It, maybe he's never going to be a stud defensive catcher, and that's fine. But I need you to at least give me one thing. Either give me framing or throw runners out. And he was doing neither last year. So sounds like they're going to work on the framing. Because the thing is, I like Kbert Ruiz. And last year, you look at his numbers, and that's good for a catcher. If you were to have to move him and put him at first base or something like that, 
that's not great for a first baseman. So it really helps the rebuild and helps you if this guy can stick at catcher. He doesn't have to be the best defensive catcher in the league, but he has to be much better than he was last year. So, again, people are going to freak out about the catcher's interferences. They're trying to fix some stuff, which I'll take, but you can't have catcher's interferences in turn. But I think, you know, shifting from the catching, Grant, we've seen some struggles from the guys early on with uh, pitching. You saw, you know, the first game, you saw Patrick Corbin struggle. You saw Joanna Doan struggle. But then you saw some of the younger guys that you're really excited about. Mackenzie Gore had a really good first inning, then gave up a run in the second inning. But I thought overall was a, a solid outing for him. What'd you make of Gore? I, I thought that he had a, you know, not an A-plus outing because you give up a run, but he at least looked solid. He was pitch efficient, which I liked. I think 26 pitches in his first outing. That's what I wanted to see out of Gore. Good first outing of the spring. Agreed. I thought he was better than the line. Two innings, two hits, one run. Uh, four strikeouts, so his ERA will be four and a half going into his next start. I thought it was better than that. It was uh, up to 96, pitched at the top of the zone, which at times last year was an issue. He was, you know, didn't that forcing fastball from the left side with his spin. If he could throw it, you know, Doolittle style, like up near the top of the zone, 95, 96, 97 is going to play up like it's, you know, touching 100 um, in terms of what it's going to look like. So I thought that was really, really encouraging. Um, to see, and and I I really liked what I saw. Uh, Josiah Gray was awesome. That's going back to Monday, I guess, yesterday. Uh, two shutout, a couple of hits, five strikeouts. Remember, he had an unbelievable spring last year. Seems to really show up in ready to go and in good shape. Uh, had like a 170 RA or something top of the head last year and uh, should have been the opening day starter based on, you know, a meritocracy, but obviously Corbin got the nod. Uh, that was good to see. Jake Irvin, I thought, uh, in his outing was pretty good. He did hit a couple batters, so he was all over the place. Gave up a run and a couple of hits, but he struck out four in two innings. How about Mitchell Parker? Mitchell Parker punched out three in two perfect frames. What a great first start of the season for him. Uh, Jackson Rutledge competing for back of the rotation spot, maybe. One hit, one walk, two strikeouts, and two scoreless. So the guys that I care the most about, with all due respect to Corbin <laughs> or you know some of the other veterans that are going to be pitching here, uh, really everybody threw well, I thought. Yeah, I mean, again, it comes back to we talk about the young guys. They're the guys with the most talent on the roster at this point, even if they're not going to be in the bigs to start the year. Those are the guys that are most encouraging. And how about your guy Cole Henry getting on the hill and striking out three in an inning? So a lot to be excited about with these guys. And I wanted to briefly hit on this because I know people were kind of freaking out about the sign that was out of spring training that our guy Andrew Golden tweeted out. I don't know how exactly you felt about it, Grant, with the we don't care how fast you throw ball for. The reason they put that sign up, because I think this is a big thing for Gore and Gray. You look at their walk rate last year. Gore was a 9.8%, which is in the 29th percentile, which again, bad, basically means you're in the bottom quarter of the league. And Josiah Gray was at 11.5% in the 12th percentile. So those guys, I think, can fix major issues if they just don't walk as many guys. And so seeing JoJo go out there in his first outing and do that, I think was encouraging. Same thing with Gore. His stuff is incredible. Last year, you mentioned his fastball. Last year, his fastball went from a run value of five in 2022 to a negative three. So if he just regains some of that effectiveness on his fastball and you know limits the walk rate, you could see his 442 ERA go from that down to in the threes just by fixing those two things. So I think it's really encouraging to see what you've seen from these guys. You mentioned a Jake Irvin. You don't like that he's hitting guys early, but I think there's a lot to be excited about. Jackson Rutledge was one of the guys that, I kind of was excited to see how he did in spring training because 
that fifth starter spot or, you know, somewhere in that rotation is going to be open at some point in the year. Does he maybe stick there coming out or is it something where eventually he gets that spot? But he was really good in that first outing. That first game seemed like it was about to spiral out of control for the Nats. And like <laughs> dudes are throwing 40 and 50 pitches that they don't necessarily want to have happen. And Jackson Rutledge came in there and kind of nailed it down and looked like, you know, the best pitcher on the Nats roster so far, uh, you know, the, to that point in the year. So it was exciting to see him get out there. And I think that, you know, if he keeps pitching like that, he's going to make a real push to be in that starting rotation to start the year. So encouraging start for a lot of these young guys. And I think that's a theme that you're going to hear a lot about spring training. No doubt. I want to go back to Cole Henry for a second. Um, just because, as you know, that's that's kind of my guy. Um, striking out the side, what, what an awesome <clears throat> page in his comeback, if you will. Very, very small part of the book that he's writing, but like an encouraging, really cool thing. People forget, man. 2021, he had a 2-3 ERA in 47 innings. He struck out 70 with a 171 average against. Second-round pick out of LSU, he looked like he was about to be a household name. Then 2022, before he got hurt, shut down, thoracic outlet, a 170 ERA in nine starts, 31 innings and just 14 hits. You don't see that. Like That is insanity to go along with 34 strikeouts. He had you know almost... Uh, I don't know, two and a half strikeouts for every hit he allowed, 131 average against. I mean, what this guy's done in the minors at times has been astounding. He's trying to do something really, really hard. Coming back from TOS, which is obviously what has ended Strauss's career and so many other pitchers along the way have, have really seen their careers derailed by it. Um, so fingers are crossed for him. He's fighting an uphill battle. He's pushing a boulder up a hill here. But the former number 55 pick, you know, striking out the side in an inning, uh, one of the highlights of the early camp for me. Yeah, it's a shame because I thought this guy was going to be, you know, someone that you could depend on the rotation before he had the surgery. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because this is a tough thing to come back from. We haven't seen tons and tons of pitchers come back from it. So basically he's writing his own story if he can come back and pitch in the majors and be effective. And I don't know that he's ever going to be a starter again. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Grant, but Either way, if he can just regain effectiveness like that and be a solid reliever for you, you'd be thrilled with that. Yeah, totally. Um, I Yeah, just getting him to the big leagues, being a productive pitcher, I think at this point, should be the goal and the hope. Um, and, and if that happens, then you can kind of recalibrate after a year or two of health. But for right now, I think it's just a matter of staying on the hill, uh, being able to attack hitters and getting comfortable, um, which he's done. But very strong performances early on from the young guys we're tracking. 